0: Welcome back to From the Press Box. My name is Bo Troutman with the Holland Sentinel. I'm sitting here in uh, Coach Peter Sturzma's office here at DeVos Fieldhouse. And uh, Coach, uh, we're getting ready for some playoff action. Just uh, how you feeling today?
1: You know, we're in our Thursday, uh, I call it the last uh, work day. Uh, Really our focus is Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday is our tough work days. Uh, I thought we've had a good week of practice, felt good about it. We just finished our staff meetings this morning and we're just, uh, our coordinators right now, we're looking at film. You know, obviously, doing our final touches for today uh, to put the what I call put the bow on it today. Um, and I just feel I feel good about our guys and uh, you know our health situation injury wise. We look very good. We're you know knock on wood feel good about that. So excited about the opportunity for our players.
0: Yeah, and uh, I saw on Twitter the other day too that uh, Byron Center coach Mark Cisco came to practice. Uh, how was that for you guys?
1: Yeah, you know, Mark is a good friend. Uh, really respect what he's done and. And also, I want our guys to know that, you know, he played in Nebraska and uh, was a walk-on and became a scholarship athlete in Nebraska and, uh, you know, played in the National Championship game back in uh, 93, which would have been January 94. And, you know, just to, to I think, a perspective. I'm always a big believer in perspective, allowing our guys to hear other perspectives, other opinions. Um, and, and it's also an opportunity to reiterate and validate what, what we're doing because he's saying to our guys, look, the age opportunities don't, don't come along very often. And he was one of the elite uh, guys that played in that in a Division One national championship game, and you know he he reiterated some of the things we talked about all week. Which it's there's 32 teams playing for a national championship in Division Three, and and you know 16 of those teams are able to host a game. We're fortunate to be able to host a game. So you know I I, I have a lot of respect for all the high school coaches. Uh, being a former high school coach, but you know I got I've, I've been getting text messages from a lot of high school guys, in particular in the area for sure. And you know Shane Fairfield and uh, and Derek Pennington and and Mark Cisco and just. You know, a lot of those guys that just I, – I think uh, it's all – at the end of the day, it's blocking and tackling. We've had, uh, you know, Matt Bird and the Rockford staff are going to visit today. And I just appreciate what those guys bring to a, from a high school perspective uh, because I was a high school coach. You know, and at the end of the day, it's still blocking and tackling, still players making plays.
0: Right. And uh, that, that kind of brings me to my next point. You know, obviously you were a high school coach before and just – what is like your playoff history just as you know previous head coaching spots as a former player just uh, what are some of your just playoff moments in your football career?
1: Yeah you know it started when I was, when I first uh, got into the teaching coaching business I was at Forest Hill Central High School and our first year there we were able to uh, go to the Pontiac Silver Dome in 1994 uh, got beat by Farmington Hills Harrison a very good football team and the next year we got beat in the semis and I think the following year got beat in the regionals I can't re- recall that uh, uh, but you know it just th- that playoff experience is huge and then you know being a uh, uh being at the University of Northern Colorado we were able to go to the uh the two, 1997 uh Division 2 National Championship game in Muscle Shoals Alabama played four games on the road we uh, you know we were road warriors and uh you know flying in and out airports uh four weeks in a row was uh, a challenge for our guys but what i realized from that is you know it's all about your team and your team chemistry and how you're gelling at that point, what level you're playing at, and also leadership. When I say leadership, I mean leadership leadership amongst the players. Um, and, and I learned a valuable experience at that, that you know, it really takes that unique chemistry of a team and a belief, and our, our, our motto at that point was believe uh, at the University of Northern Colorado. We were able to win a national championship game, and uh, as I said, Muscle Souls Alabama, 51 to nothing. And then uh, fast forward to East Grand Rapids, You know we were fortunate to go seven times to the state championship game, two at uh, the Silverdome, five at at Ford Field. And I think from that, again, what I learned was the routine. Keep it as normal as you have done throughout the year. I think in, in general, in development of students and student athletes, they crave structure. They crave that normalcy. And so I was always focused on really keeping it as normal as possible, just like this week. That's exactly what we're doing this week. Fortunately, we're hosting a game we're going to do the same things we do every week. I think our guys appreciate that. And and then it's also to, to battle the outside. Uh, and I, I call it noise, but it's also very really positive is all the things and the hype around it. It's exciting. That is, it's awesome. I want our guys to embrace that and have fun with that. But I also used to say it all the time. And I still say it today, we're going on a business trip and we have a business trip uh, that, we're, that we're attacking uh, each day, like the same way. And and yet there's also a part of me that wants our guys to look around and go, wow, this is pretty neat and unique, but it's still a football game. It's still played on a 120 yards field when you count mm-hmm. the end zones, right? And, uh, you know, Wartburg has to travel seven hours, and they're going to play that business as usual because they travel every other week uh, in their league, obviously. So that's been, I, I think, the biggest things I've learned from those playoff experiences and runs is consistency, normalcy, routine, and then you know, also from a structural standpoint is looking at our practice schedule to make sure that we're hitting on all all cylinders by Saturday afternoon at 12 o'clock.
0: Right. Yeah, you know, obviously I talked to you uh, at practice the other day, of uh, a little media day, and uh, any more thoughts on Wartburg? If you had more of a, ch- like a chance to look at them and just uh, any other thoughts on just your opponent this weekend.
1: Yeah, well, you know, as you can see, it's in the screen in the background here. Is they, they. I guess what I like about them and, and what I'm impressed with them is that they have a team identity. You know, they have a, and, and I think, as, as do we, I think, you know, we have they have an identity of toughness. They have an identity of real aggressive type defense. They really want to pin their ears back, and I say it's all gas and no breaks. They really, they, they want to force that action, force the temple, something that we try to do. Um and you know I also think the the intriguing part is is offensively they have uh they have a lot of different looks that they can throw at you. They're doing some similar things but they're throwing a lot of different looks at you. And so what we have to do to counteract that is say hey that look kind of looks like that look. So let's not change you know change everything for one specific look and know that they're going to come at you. And they also have play playoff experience. And that's you know, one of the things that I've been focused on with our guys is let's not just be happy to be there. Let's go play a football game. Let's go try to get to the next round. Let's go try to play on Thanksgiving weekend. Let's go try to cut this 32 in half and have us be one of the 16. That's what we're that's what we're approaching this as. And yet, yep, we're excited about the opportunity, but we know we want to get to the next step.
0: Right. And go back more to kind of your history. Uh, you look at it, just, you know, you've been at Hope and you had success. You guys, you know, this was kind of like the pinnacle, I feel like, the MIAA championship, you know, getting to that point in the 91 season. It was kind of the pinnacle and just I want to get thoughts on, too, just, you know, as a head coach and, you know, climbing that mountain, that career ladder, just being a head coach in, in college football, just talk about what were some of the moments that, you know, as a player or, you know, as a high school coach where you thought, you know, I really want to keep doing this. And what kind of lessons just really propelled you just to kind of keep going and just, you know, ultimately become the coach I Hope, Hope yeah.
1: College? Well, and, and Bo, I think, you you know, you could probably ask me 25 questions in a different way or in the same way. And if it relates to me, I really struggle with that because this isn't about me as a head coach. It's really about our organization, about our players. You know, at the end of the day, players make plays. Um, you know, when it's third and one and, and number nine, Mason Apple runs over three guys, you know, that's a player making a play. And when Zach Smith and Tim Ivory and Noah DeVelder and Brady Anderson and Brady Eating are rolling, you know, people out of the way. And and, and then you have, you know, a Lou Beckler blocking. that's that's players making plays. And I I have always maintained that. I've maintained that since the time I was at East Grand Rapids. I really you know, whether we were we had a really great season or, or not as good of a season, I really said, you know what? It's about players, and it, and 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 I also I say that without I I don't want to in any way take away from what our assistant coaches do because our assistant coaches do a phenomenal job. I mean, when you look at our coordinators right now, Coach Hawkins and Coach Riggins, there is no one. I don't care who you are in the country, there is no one that outworks those guys. Those guys just absolutely grind every day to make our organization better. And and you know I always say I want to try to break down the barriers so those guys can do what they do, and then look at what our assistants do and many of them are part-time guys meaning part-time coaches for us because they have jobs they work in public schools they're driving here to hustle to get here by three forty-five so they can practice and then they're you know they're meeting with their players at night and having dinner with them and 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 and, and getting to know them as young people and and also sharing film with them and you know working throughout the weekends and things like that it's it's all part of that building process and a part of the organization and i i learned something when i read a book uh with mike triszewski talked about the journey and You know, there's so many ups and downs to a football season. There's so many ups and downs to a season in general. And certainly you want to embrace and celebrate those little wins here and there, but you also have to realize it is a journey. Everything builds and you want to keep building so that you're playing your best at the end. And we, we want a conference championship game 42 to seven. And I'm just real proud of the way our guys were able to build to that and, and to play a really, really solid football team and put a stamp on it. And, uh, You know, so when you ask me about what my, my, my input and my, you know, really, you know what, I'm just a part of a big, big, big puzzle here. And uh, certainly I will say this, you know, at the end of the day, if things don't go well, it's on me and I will accept full responsibility for that. Um, But, you know, when, and uh, just, uh, you know, when, when we won seven state championships and, and we won this league conference, you know, this conference championship on the past weekend, I've never once taken a trophy from anybody that's handed that out after the game, because that's not about me. That's about our players, and those players need to stand up and be able to say, you know what, we earned that. I still haven't touched it. It's sitting in the, in the <laughs> coach's office, locker room down there. I still just because I really, truly, firmly believe that's my philosophy is that that's about players making plays and players doing something. And those players get up at five in the morning, and uh, you know, in the off season, four days a week to come over and work out in this weight room. And You know, you live here in Holland. you know what that, that snow looks like in January 25th. When Unfortunately. They're, yeah. <laughs> when they're charging through the snow to get over here. You know, that's a, that's a grind, that's a level of intensity. And yet again, I want to reiterate, I don't want to take away from Coach Margaret's our strength coach, or, our, you know, our other coaches that do such a, a phenomenal job in preparing our young men for a game. But also they're preparing them to be good dads, good husbands, and contribute to society. And I won't ever lose track of that. And, you know, my guys, our guys call me corny, and and I think probably, you know, that's just the way they are because I tell them I love them a lot. You know, they were very concerned about, you know, me being able to see my son play last Saturday. My son played in a regional final game against Muskegon in Grand Haven, and our game times were the exact same time. And our captains were very concerned about me not being able to be there. And that was hard. For me not to be there, but I also, you know, just have such respect for those young young men that were caring and worrying about us.
0: Right. Yeah, you know, you brought up an interesting point earlier where you know these guys have jobs, so they have stuff going on in their own lives, and they're hustling here to get here by three forty-five. And you know, you look at like a you know a D-one athlete, or you know, even a professional football player, that's their job pretty much. Mm-hmm. Say. You know, that's mm-hmm. their that is their job. Mm-hmm. Where, mm-hmm. but you look at the D-three level, you know, not to say there's not the the athlete to make it mm-hmm. still to the next level, mm-hmm. but you know, a lot of these guys, you know, I did the story on Jake Babb uh, a few mm-hmm. weeks ago, and he told me, you know, he's got the red shirt, he's coming back mm-hmm. next year. Yep. Uh, but he's like, he still has to look at the job market first, he too. He he is, like, that's one thing he has to wait. is that yeah. he wants to come back, clearly. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, these guys, the difference between D3 is it's, yeah, they're football, and they do it because they love it, but also they you know, they have jobs, sure. and, you know, it's it's right. not as much of a, it, it's, it's a big thing they do, but it's not necessarily their career. career. So what kind of uh, commitment does it take just to, you know, keep that focus of like, okay, sure. I'm a football player, but also, yeah, I I have this other part of my life too.
1: Yeah, well, you know, we we talk about limits on uh, the time that we can spend. You know, NCAA has limits of the time we can spend with our players, and mm-hmm. you know, during the week. And you know, I was on a, the the huge show last week, and he he was talking about should players be play, paid, and you know, the level of intensity and things that go on. And and I said, you know what, our guys spend just as much time seven days a week. At you know, doing in the football season. off season they have uh, a few more things that they can do with their players from a conditioning standpoint. We're just allowed to have them be with our strength coach. Um, you know, and, and in the summertime, uh, they can have more meeting times and things of that nature. That's about the only difference. So you, you, you provide those opportunities. And, and when they travel on a, you know, they travel by airplane, we travel by bus. So if they play away game, they might be back at the same time. We might be back later because we're on a bus. And, and, again, I'm not knocking that in any way, and I'm not saying that, you know, it's, 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 it, 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 it is what it is. Our guys are also taking 15 or 16 credits. And, you know, I always, I always, I'm very proud of the fact that 17 seniors walked across the uh, field last year on Senior Day, and 12 of them had job offers. And 21 seniors and, and Brandon, uh, Brandon Burrell, our manager, walked across the field this year. And I don't have the exact stats of their job offers, but they all have a plan. They all have a plan on what they're going to do and where they want to, you know, uh, where they want to land and be successful. And, you know, you mentioned Jake Babb, Mason Decker, Nick Holt, those guys are all going to be teachers. And I couldn't think of three better guys to be involved in teaching. And, you know, we've got some guys who are looking at grad school and, and uh, you know, guys that are in pre-med and just they're doing great things. And, and that's what this is about. I mean, I, I, I get a little sideways when when we talk about when we have recruit days and I say this directly to the recruits and to the parents, I said, Please, when you look at other schools, don't just think about it from a football standpoint. Mm. It's the whole package. Where do you want to live? Who do you want to surround yourself with? What is that institution going to go? How can you set yourself up for the next step, which is to get a job, to get a job? And, and, and that's what this is about. And, I, I, you know, and I, I, I always steal a quote from Nick Saban. He talks about when guys in his program make a business decision to go to the NFL. He said, that is what it is. It's a business decision, don't kid yourself, that's what that business is about. It is all 100% business. There is a game involved called football, but it is a business. They were deciding how to split up nine, 10 billion in revenues a couple years ago in the collective bargaining agreement. That's a business. Um, This is still a game, and and yet our guys work hard and take it as seriously as anything that they do. but they have a lot of balance. I believe in too much is just as bad as not enough. And I believe in the balance of things. Um, I believe that our guys have to have perspective. Um, I talk to our guys a lot about the difference between fun and fulfillment. I think we all look at something uh, that looks fun. It would be fun to be a college football player. There are a lot of things that are fun about it. But it's also really, really hard. And so we always talk about don't just look at the fun part, because I'm going to be honest with you. Waking up at January 25th in four feet of snow, walking here to the weight room at 5:30 isn't much fun. <laughs> but there's a reward at the end. There's fulfillment. Do you want to know when that fulfillment? When you see that is on Saturday afternoon against Adrian College, a 42-7 game in this bright, sunshiny, cool day at Ray and Sue Smith Stadium, and those guys with tears of joy in their eye—that's fulfillment. You know, and 10 years from now, when they come back and they meet their buddies for a reunion with their wife and their, with their wife and their kids and and that's fulfillment that's what that looks like And and in the grind and all that that's not always fun you know i don't like waking up at five in the morning either to come to work sometimes and but you know what you got to get up and go and and you're going to have doubts you have questions but i think what i think is 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 really important for us as a coaching staff and our players to realize yep it's hard it's going to be hard it's not hard so that we run people away and that we just make it hard so that, oh, we're macho and this nope It's hard because we want to get better every day because that's what life is because life's going to hit you right between the eyes. And we want our guys to be able to say, whew, it's hard, but I know I can get through this. I know I can persevere through this because, I, I mean, you know, you look at some of the guys, look at Tim Ivory, who's been going through a shoulder issue for almost a year now, and he just keeps grinding every day. And, you know, Zach Smith has missed one practice in the time I've been here. I think it was a spring practice because he was thrown up in a trash can. You know, and, and Mason Apple's, you know, nursing that foot, but he just wants, he just he just gets up every day, appreciates the opportunities that he has to get better. And so that's a long-winded answer to your question. Thank goodness this is a podcast because we can talk and you yeah. can edit my, my length of this. But I really believe those things matter in the development of our guys and the development of where our football team go- is going and where we want to go. It doesn't guarantee anything, but it certainly gives you a really good shot, and it really gives our guys a shot, in my opinion, to win in the real world.
0: Right. We're going to keep all that in, because I, <laughs> I really like that, but I'm, I'm motivated now. <laughs> I'm ready to run a mile, but, <laughs> <laughs> but no, uh, you know, and on that note, too, you just, you, know, you take a look back at just this season in particular. You know, you talked about how, you know, Saxon's not missing a practice, and you look at the whole, kind of the whole picture, but condense all of you know the past couple of years and just uh, how this season went how did just last year or the last couple of years rather kind of build up to 2019 mm-hmm. and when you look back kind of at the nine and one season just yeah. you know how do you kind of like look back at that now
1: you know i i am not I, I i challenge myself all the time to try to reflect and i am really not very good at it um but i think uh it, with our organization one of the things that we really have to do is after the season is is really reflect on it but you know I, I, and i also am not saying that to dodge your question i i'll, I'll you know, when we look at our first year, we went seven and three, and we lost arguably the toughest game that that I've been a part of down at Defiance, where we had nine turnovers or eight turnovers, and I felt like that was a winnable game. And you know, we had one loss in the league, and we lost seventeen fourteen to a really good Olivet team, and I felt we were close. and And yet, then we I felt like we took another step the next year, and 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 uh, and went eight and two, and and lost to a really good trying team. Uh, and and when I say lost, we got we got beat pretty badly down there, uh, and then. You know, we finished 8-2 and, and finished with one loss in the league there. And then the next year, fellow felt like we could, took another step, played, trying here, and lost a really, really heartbreaker. I mean, felt like we had a chance to win. We checked the boxes to win, and we didn't. And so I felt like, gosh, I, these I, – you know, and, and no one's going to feel sorry for us, but I felt like these guys are – they're they're making steps and progress. And then going into this year, you know, we lost a tough one And I just – I think that was as frustrated not – disappoint. I was just mad cuz I felt like we had no turnovers. We rushed for over 300 yards. We held them to under 100. We maintained the time of possession. We, you know, we had two penalties. We had a 99 and a half yard drive. We had a 92 yard drive. We gave up four balls that were 50-50 balls over the top. And we missed a fourth down play, fourth and 2. On their, on their two-yard line, and you know, I like, I just, and so from that, you always have to learn. No, one, you, you got to get up 24 hours later and go. And as hard as it is, and I learned something from Lloyd Carr when they he talked about that when they lost to App State. Is, you know, it's it's one of those things that I, in you know, he's such an un, unbelievable coach, but a man uh, of integrity. And he said, you know, the hardest thing about those kinds of things is that it hurts so badly, but you, you got to get up because you're in charge of the organization. And uh, I felt like our guys really challenged themselves, refocused, and then we went on a roll. And you know there were certain times where we we faced adversity, but there were also certain times that we were cruising and I had a chance to look at our guys and so they really, they're really playing right now. And uh, that was fun to watch.
0: Yeah, I feel like there's really a turning point to that Aurora game where you guys were up at halftime and then, you know, they kind of storm back and then Mason Apple makes that great throw and fourth down. And, you know, that was a game that was so exciting. But you're right. There was adversity there. And from that moment, I mean, you guys look at, you know, you talk about that uh, eight or nine turnover game last uh, last year you know, you guys are second in the country in turnover margin. And just, yeah, to make those differences and, you know, in the trine game too, I think that's worth revisiting as well. Just the, you know, 51 nothing, <laughs> where, you know, you talk about you, know, you check the boxes to win in previous matchups, uh, previous matchup with them. Just, was that kind of, you know, shocking? Just that, that turnaround or not shocking, but like, were you surprised that your players just kind of took that challenge, for, you know, from the Milliken game and just responded in such a huge way, like that. Yeah, you
1: know, I I think I would give, not give our players enough credit if I said I was shocked. I was not shocked. I was a little surprised that it ended up fifty-one to nothing. But you know, I I I think uh, and Coach Brand, our soccer coach here, who's been to the you know he's won seven national championships. He's been at the Division One level in pro soccer, and he and I talk a lot, and I really appreciate his perspective on things. And I shared with him. I said, I think the ultimate in coaching is when you can stand there on the sidelines, put your headset up, and watch your players play. And you can say, wow, they're playing at a high level. That's fun. That's, in my opinion, what it's about. It's not about a championship. Mm -hmm. It's about that. Because if you do that more than your opponents on a regular basis, you got a really good chance of winning. And uh, the energy down at Angola, Indiana on that day is there was – you know a huge crowd beautiful day and they came flying out of the tunnel and they were you know they were within 10 yards of our sidelines and and it was getting a little testy down there and I saw our guys respond I saw our guys just respond in an unbelievable way a way that I was so proud of them and to say that's what it looks like when you put it all together and there was a fourth and one play where I didn't I didn't even second guess it I just it's a fourth and one play in on our own territory and I just said we're going maybe fourth and two And uh, Oppo kind of bounced it, ran over three people, (laughs) I think, including the scoreboard. And we didn't score on that, but, you know, it's just he's he's just unbelievable. And I think I looked at our sidelines and they just it was just electrified our sidelines and our crowd down there. And we never looked back. And those kinds of things play into it, you know, when you have special teams plays can electrify a crowd when you have a big turnover. I. When our defense steps up and has a three and out or a big pick and a turnover and then we as an offense take it down for a 12-play drive, that's fun. That's fun. That's what it should look like. Um, And, you know, everybody's got theories on balance of offense and running and throwing and everybody's got theories on going fast and up-tempo and all this. And I think the ultimate in coaching is when your guys are methodically going downhill and they're running, throwing, they're they're doing those things and defensively you're playing like it feels like you're getting hit by 12 or 13 guys and it's only 11, but it feels like it. And, and, and when they come off the field, they're energizing the offense and when the, when the offense comes off the field, they're energizing the defense. And special teams are all bought into that. That to me is the ultimate in football.
0: Yeah. You brought up uh, something earlier that <coughs> I kind of want to get back to. It. Yeah, as a football fan, you know, I, I want to get your thoughts on some situations. Uh, you break up that the fourth and one, you, you guys go for it on that play. You know, to me as a fan, when you're when you have like a fourth and one at the fifty, the forty five, you know, right around that area, me as a football fan, you know, I'm like, oh, go for it. It's like an easy decision to people. What what is your like philosophy (laughs) on fourth and one? You know, if you're fourth and one at your own twenty, that's one thing. But if you're fourth and one at the opponent forty five and you punt, I mean, what's the what? What's your philosophy on that?
1: I, I I think that's a great question, Bo, and and I'll answer that question this way: is that you know, the, 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 everybody can watch on the TV. I watch games on the TV. And so I was like, oh, I would go for it. And I always remind people that, you know, it's that's a great idea. I said, there's one guy that gets fired. There's one guy that gets fired if it doesn't work, right? Yeah. And I say that flippantly, but I also really mean that. and I don't take that lightly. Uh, but there's been so many learning opportunities through high school coaching and college coaching that I've learned from great mentors. Um, Joe Glenn, my mentor at University of Northern Colorado, he is called, called a Riverboat Gambler. He would... Mm-hmm he would fake punt all the time he'd get you know he just that's just the way Joe was if it didn't work you know Joe was like well that's on me you know and and I appreciate that I really I really believe that and and yet I also think your players like it when you do that a little bit mm-hmm. and you give them a chance cuz they that means you believe in them and and when they look you and say we're going to get it I said well you're better you know if you're going to tell me that then go do it and and yet if they don't I want them to realize you know what guys at the end of the day that's my decision uh, and we didn't get it, we're going to get a chance to do it again. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so philosophically, I always look at it and say, where are we in the ball game? Where are we from an offense, defense standpoint? What's the momentum? Because you've also, I've also read some really neat articles. You know, uh, Coach chairman at the University of Texas says, he, he said, I want to know when punting the ball down there inside their 10 and holding them on defense was a bad play. <laughs> you know, Austin Harris has, I think, over 10 balls that he's punted inside their 10-yard line. I mean, Bo, that's big. Because if you do get a stop, guess what? You get the ball now, probably inside the fifty. They're in, you know, on plus margins, uh, on their forty-five, as an example. And so it's a, you know, it's one of those things that there's a feel to it. There's one of those things where uh, I think uh, we were playing a, a couple of weeks ago against Albany. I think we went for it three times on fourth down. Why? because I want our guys to know that I believe in them, we have confidence in them. By the same token, if we don't, because it doesn't mean we don't have confidence, mm. uh, but I also think there's things, some things like, well, we had one by accident happen my first year here on our own 20 yard line. Mm. It was an accident. I'll take full responsibility for the communication of it, but it was not supposed to happen. Um, and that's not necessarily a good risk. Um, you know, there's there's high school book, high school coaches that have written books about going for it every time because of the percentages. Mm. I, like I said, it's great if it works. There's only one person that gets fired if it doesn't.
0: <laughs> right, and that brings me to another point. I want to, you know, as a, Fado, a fan watching the game, um, you know, there was that play in the New Orleans Saints game last year where uh, it was a, a blatant pass interference. They didn't throw the flag. It kind of changed the outcome of the game. Um, you know, they talk about, you know, should they review every penalty? Because now you have the targeting stuff, and mm-hmm. then at the NFL mm-hmm. level, and to an extent the college level, where you know i mean a sack to me is a drive killer if you're if you're sacking a guy and making a second and 20 mm-hmm. that almost effectively kills the drive 9 times out of 10 so if you're taking away a sack because uh the defensive lineman maybe pushes the quarterback mm-hmm. and it's the official judgment mm-hmm. do you think that what's your thoughts on the theoretical possibility of like reviewing a penalty
1: yeah well, I'm going to take it in two ways. One from the professional level and the other from a college perspective. Number mm-hmm. one, from a professional level, like I mentioned, they were deciding how to divide up $10 billion in revenue. Yeah. Um, that's a big business. And the margin of error is obviously very small because they're all incredible athletes. You know, <laughs> Coach Semple, uh, Tony Semple, was a nine-year veteran in the National Football League. was on our staff for two years. He's a dear friend. and. He and I talked about this. He said it's it's kind of funny that sometimes people will put in print actually and say that a really you know the national champ would be able to hang with an NFL last place team or an zero 6 sixteen. It's not even close. Uh, you know the best high school team in the country could not beat a Division three team. It's not even close because they're big strong men. That's the you know and and the and the national champ in Division two could not beat the Division one team. You know what I mean? It's in. And certainly there's been one double A upset subdivision one, but that's a smaller margin of error. What I'm getting at is this, is in the pro pro football, I, I, I don't disagree with them looking at all of those options to make sure they get it right. Mm. You know, and I also know that they're trying to protect the game uh, the best that they can. I think that they're, I, I have seen some evolution in football that I think is good. Like, for example, the blindside no look block, mm-hmm. you know, where you're just running back and peeling people where they're not looking. I think that's a good rule in football. I do. I think that they've managed that well. I think I think the the, the, the one that I think in our time we'll see go away is the, the, the cut block or the block below the waist uh, at the college level, you know, as far as cut blocks because of injuries to the knees and, and things of that nature. But, you know, as far as the camera reviews and things of that in college football, I still think there has to be some ability to have some human error to that. If The game moves fast we could put 40 officials on that field and still not see everything because the game happened so fast. And someone mentioned some crazy stat that every day in in the Major League Baseball of every game that's played every single day, something new
0: happens.
1: (laughs) You know, I think the same thing goes for college football. I never thought I'd see that before. I never thought I'd see that before. You know, again, you could put four. Those officials do a great job. Those officials, and I have really grown to appreciate officiating more and more as I've I have moved from the high school to college level is that they put a lot of time in a lot of time to perfect their trade they're looking at film of their their mistakes and their good plays just like we are and you know the officials we're going to meet with our officials this week on friday at 5 30 after our both teams practice and a closed practice we're going to meet with them they're going to watch film on both of they probably already have watched a number of games on a we're going to meet with them again on Saturday. And they're going to, they want to be, they want, they are going out there to say, hey, we got a bunch of 18 to 22 year old kids playing for a national championship and we're going to give them our best. And you know what, Bo, how can I as a coach at any way question that? Yeah, we're going to miss things. Yes, I'll get after them. Yes, I will all the time. But when that guy looks at me and says, coach, I, I had it. I saw what I saw. And that's the call. You know what? I let him go, all right. I appreciate that. I really do. I can appreciate that. And you know, I've had some funny interactions with <laughs> officials that I, I wish I could write a book because they're good, they're good human beings. And uh, I've always said it when I was a high school, uh, high school coach, I went, I, we had a banquet for the West Michigan Officials Association and we had one of our players being recognized. And I watched these guys stand up who were retiring. I watched them give some powerful speeches about how they were retiring from officiating and how much they were gonna miss it. And I thought, wow every high school coach should see this every high school coach should see the passion and really the 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 the, the opportunity that those guys provide for us because they go out on friday nights and now on saturdays for us to play a game really for our players to play a game and guess what they want to be perfect they want they they're they want to be a hundred percent great out like we do for all of our players knowing that you know what it's very rare that you're going to be 100 percent perfect. Um, and so that's a long way to answer your question. I would say it's very different from pro and college, in my opinion. We're never going to have the capability or the ba- or the finances to be able to have reviewable plays in every single play. I don't think they'll be able to have that at the Division One. They have replay. We have replay for targeting, you know, at the halftime. And, and then the, and now we're in the tournament, it's at, at, you know, at the end of the game, the NCAA will review it. And so, you know, we have some of those capabilities. I think technology is obviously evolving, and we have the ability to – to do a lot, But when it comes to having the manpower and those kinds of things and have separate booths to be able to do all that, I think is unrealistic. But when you're in the National Football League, remember, that's all it is, is business. So you better have all those parts per millionaire rate dealt with.
0: Right. All right, Coach. Well, hey, if you ever write a book, uh, I want the first copy. So. <laughs> <laughs> I want a credit. No, just kidding. <laughs> hey, we're going to end uh, on a lighthearted note here. Uh, the holidays coming up. So I've got some rapid fire questions okay. for you. Right. Uh, first off, um, what is... Your favorite Holland restaurant, what's your go-to?
1: Holland restaurant favorite one has to be
0: Tacos El Canado. Ooh, good choice, good choice. I'm a big Furcano's guy myself. I like that, too. All right, second question, Uh, favorite holiday movie? Oh, Christmas Vacation, for sure. (laughs) You have to, I love it. My kids and I still
1: watch it. It's my favorite.
0: Oh, yeah. That might be the most quotable uh, holiday movie of all time. for (laughs) sure. All right. Um, what's the best Christmas present that you've ever received?
1: Ooh. Best Christmas present. You know, there's, uh, gosh, that's a really great question. It, and, I, and I could be real sentimental, which I, I normally am. And my guys know I'm corny. I cry a lot. I'm an emotional guy. You know, there's been times in our Christmas with our families that, you know what? The best Christmas present is having our family healthy and happy and being there, you know, watching a silly movie. And, uh, you know, because you and I both know this, the silliness of material gifts and things like that, those are going to fade. Uh, but my kids have a standing joke. Like, we're going to be with my family, my parents, uh, our kids. Amy and I have three children. We'll be with my mom and dad uh, on Christmas Eve at their place down south. And they know, my kids know, when when Silent Night comes on, dad's crying. It's automatic. <laughs> it's yeah. automatic. Yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> All right, bonus question: Is Die Hard a Christmas movie?
1: Absolutely not. <laughs> it is not. Well, I, happens, I
0: disagree. I don't know. I disagree. It's, yeah. It
1: just happens to be played oh. over the Christmas holiday. I mean, there's not a lot of Christmas cheer spread in that. That's a that's a pretty tough movie to watch. It's a great movie. Don't get me yeah. wrong.
0: A great movie. Right. It's a, it's a story of redemption, just like just like Rudolph Red and his sure. reindeer. It's Reindeer. Reindeer. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, okay. So it's Thanksgiving it's the day. Of you walk in uh, the banquet hall, wherever you're at, they've got a dessert table. Uh, food table, which where are you going first?
1: Oh, come on, Bo, that's easy. So at our house, it's turkey. We have a four turkey session coming up on Thanksgiving, and our hope is that it's interrupted by some type of practice because we're going to try to take care of business on Saturday but we have a four turkey session that's happening amongst all the grandkids and it's a deep fried turkey. It's a turkey on the grill. It's a turkey in the oven. And then it's a mystery was what the third one's going to be is how we're going to do that one. So, um, you know, and I say that with, uh, with, with all due respect that we, I feel very lucky and fortunate that we can do that. And, and that, um, I know that we have many blessings within our, within our organization, with our college, within our family, and that there's so many that don't have so much and that, uh, I want to recognize that and say, you know, we have to do our part to make sure that they have as much
0: as that they can have as well. Yeah. Well, in that token, too, uh, what's another bonus question? What's the best Christmas present or your favorite Christmas present that you've given to somebody?
1: Wow. Boy, you're really stumping me on that. <laughs> um, gosh. I, Boy. Can't You know, as a journalist, aren't you supposed to give me a little heads up on those? <laughs> um,
0: I'm, I'm, that's shock, shock value, right? Yeah, yeah. right?
1: That's, that's good journalism, though. You don't give me a heads up on that. Uh, boy, I, I, and it's supposed to be rapid fire and I'm not being very rapid right now as you can see I'm buying time uh, trying to think of what that best I can't even think of it. Probably something when I was uh, when I was when, when my wife and I uh, were engaged, it wasn't on the Christmas time, but that first year that we uh, celebrated together as a family because I got a chance to marry my best friend in the world and um, and we have three children and I feel very lucky. so I would say probably
0: that. Well, hey, thanks, Coach. We've come to the end. I just want to thank you so much for having me and uh, being a part of this podcast. I really appreciate it. Thanks a lot, Bo. Go Hope. Guys, uh, Hope has a football game this Saturday against Wartburg at 12 noon. Uh, I would recommend being there. I'll be there. and uh, can't wait. So uh, thanks for, from the Press Box. I'm Bo Troutman. Have a great day.